Joshua Best. I'm Jacob King. And this is Somebody, Somebody Else's, Else's Favorite Songs. Casual popular music discussion spanning the past 70 years. We talk about the music you love. And the music you should know that you may not. You are listening to episode 31. Songs from our recently added playlist number two. Welcome back, everyone. Coming to you from Le Studio. It is a sort of rainy, dreary day, but here we are going to record episode 31. So we've had um, a, a little bit of sporadic release <laughs> issues of late here. Um, we actually did or attempted to do uh, an episode that talked about Super Bowl halftime shows and music, and we had technical difficulties, and it will now become our third lost episode. <laughs> yes. Yeah, actually, that one hurt because we had our friend Henry on. Yeah. We're going to have to have him on later. Yeah. But it was an hour-long recording, and the last 30 minutes of it, you were totally gone from it. Yeah. We could hear you because we were recording it virtually so we all could hear each other but for some reason you weren't recorded and so it just this, that was it became highly unfortunate difficult to get put together and we would it, have had to have re-recorded and timing is an issue um but that 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 is part of our of our delay and that was that was sort of fun to do you know that's that's one of the big music things you know of the last few weeks since we've since we've been here was big super bowl event you know, halftime show and the humorous division over what people think, you know, as, as if Very they're, humorous. they're over 50 <laughs> or 60, they hate it. If they're under about 35, they don't know who those people are. And if they're in my age range, it's nostalgic. <laughs> so, well, hold on a minute. I mean, I knew all, who, I well, knew who all those people Of course were. you did. That's a generalizing yeah. thing. Um, but no, I, I thought it was pretty cool, actually. I, my take, and you know, that's, that's not my genre. No, it's not mine either. I I didn't. Uh, I actually didn't watch it for. I, I've come to the point in my life where the thing I care about in the Super Bowl is the game, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it used to be the commercials and halftime. But my my general take is, in general, I don't like Super Bowl halftime shows because they're just kind of. I, I find them kind of cheesy, no matter what. It, no matter who it is, they certainly can be because you know how many people, how many hundreds of millions of people are watching. They have to make sure that it's, you know, as vanilla as possible. It's it's like stars on parade, you know, but, or medleys or something like that. So and you I, haven't mm-hmm. watched it? You never did watch no, it? No, I, I hadn't watched it. I thought it was, I didn't watch it live, but I went back and watched mm-hmm. it on YouTube. And it was actually kind of cool because the set that they used, their stage was actually a series of like, Houses, kind of. Yeah, okay, I did see a picture of that. And the cars in front of them. I thought it was really clever how they set all that up and how there were people, musicians inside these houses that had open fronts. Okay. And like couches and yeah, they, they really made it 
kind of seem like a street life kind of scene. Oh, okay. You should go back and watch it okay. at least just to see how that was pretty clever. Yeah. How they set I mean, that like up. I said, I'm not opposed to it or anything yeah. like that. Um, yeah. I just I used I used half time to get some dinner and go to the bathroom and then inside. (laughs) (laughs) So that's a, that's a big music thing that's, uh, that's happened since we last got together. I'm trying to think if there's any, anything else we should tip our hat at before we jump into today's topic. I don't really know. I I can't, I can't think of anything off off the top of my head. um, We went to see Gary Clark Jr. Oh yes, you did. Me and, uh, me and Sarah and, your mother, yeah, grandmama. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you a funny story. I'm not sure if she said this to you, but we were discussing going to see Gary Clark Jr. in Shreveport. This is a couple weeks ago. I know what you're talking about. Okay, I'm going to finish the story. <laughs> yes, this is kind of funny. Um, she overheard us talking about it and said she wanted to. Come we were with all us. In, in my living room. Yes, and I heard I heard you say, "Oh, Gary Clark Jr. is going to be at Shreveport." So, where we go, the three of us, and... Because my mom's like, I want to go. So, the long story short is, she only told us this when we were getting in, into the car after an incredible show. She said, you know, I have to tell you guys, uh, I actually thought that we were going to see Harry Connick Jr. <laughs> <laughs> now, she knew who Gary Clark Jr. was. Yes. Yes. Um, so so but, it wasn't like she was totally <laughs> expecting something hugely different, but the opening act was um, some rappers uh, from Austin, so imagine her surprise, I suppose. Um, so <laughs> I, I think I know what happened on that, because when you said, oh, hey, you know, that night when you said, oh, hey, Gary Clark Jr. is going to be, you know, at Shreveport, I said, where? And... You said Municipal Auditorium, mm-hmm. and I said, oh, that's where we saw Harry Connick Jr. Okay, and so maybe that's I think where... she, yeah. just in her brain, heard that, if, whether she heard me or not. But then after that, I don't remember the artist being mentioned again, so that's what she left with. So. Anyway, that we, me and Sarah got a huge kick out of that. But it was a great show. Great show. Oh, uh, he's, he's solid. He has such a, a swagger. Such a stage presence. I wasn't expecting that. But he, he really just had the crowd in the yeah. palm of his hand. Yeah. Uh, my brother, Caleb, sends, sends me videos of him from time to time. He's one of his favorites. Um, he says he plays the, the guitar in the same way that he does. And so that's why he likes him, because they have similar styles. He's, he, he can really do everything. He can do blues. He can do um, you know slide guitar. He yeah. can do current rock. I mean, he has all these styles he can just pull from. It's 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 very impressive. Is he originally from Austin? Mm-hmm. Born yep. there and everything. Born and raised. That's yep. awesome. Man, we we live in a good place for music. We do. State of Texas. <laughs> Perhaps that could come into play in today's topic. I don't know if we'll we'll, we'll, we'll see. It sounds like it will for you I, since you're bringing it up. No, I just thought of that. I'm oh. I'm not saying that it is, but it's often that it does. But then again, maybe it will. Who knows? So the topic of our episode is something that we decided to revisit uh, last year. I don't even remember when it was, but we decided to do an episode where we talk about songs from our quote-unquote recently added playlists, new stuff that we're into, 
or new stuff that we've saved. Or old stuff that we've just discovered. Exactly. Or maybe it's just an opportunity to talk about some random artists that maybe they don't normally fit into an episode in a different way. We just Here's mm-hmm. our chance to talk about them. I use it, I just look at it from the standpoint of what have I played a lot lately or discovered lately that I either have been exploring or I am going to explore next, stuff like that. Um, but it would be, it would be very appropriate because uh, every time you discover somebody that, that, that somebody's not, not always brand new. Sometimes right. you dig up hidden gems from a long time ago. So it, it gives us an opportunity to do a grab bag kind of a thing. And honestly, the last one we did was one of my favorite episodes. I thought it was just really fun, a good mix of music. So that was episode 17 that came out July 5th. last year so it's actually been quite a while yeah but it it has been one of our more popular episodes yeah for some reason but it was fun you know yeah i can because you you get lots of variety right and i can i can really see us revisiting this top topic you know maybe not every six months certainly an evergreen type of subject yeah, yeah i would think at least once a year this is this is a good thing to do so uh songs from our recently added part deux from les studio indeed I'll allow you to go first. It seems allow like you've, you. been, you've been doing that. Okay, well... Okay, fine. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm happy with it. I'm fine, too, but... Okay, fine. Well, I'll go first, then. I'll allow you to go but first. But that's not... See, I don't know how it came out that way. <laughs> because that's how we talk. I'll allow this. I'll allow that. I'll allow it. <laughs> Soul and only judge. So... All right, uh, hit me with it song and number, make it good. Song number one is going to be... Um, subsequent, it's going to be simultaneously, I should say, uh, selection number six from Acoustic Guitar Songs and selection <laughs> number six for International Flavor. <laughs> <laughs> International Acoustic recently added. Okay, I'm good. Okay, so Tommy Emmanuel. Have you ever heard of him? Tommy Emmanuel? Like with Correct. an E? Yes. Um, I don't know that I have. He is from Australia. And he, he comes is, from the land down under? He does indeed. And he played guitar on that song, I'm pretty sure. Uh, oh! He is a prolific uh, session musician and is considered to be one of the greatest uh, acoustic guitar players. And I'm going to leave it at that. He is someone who is a real working musician and tours extensively as a one-man band, but I'm not going to say anything else about the song. I'm just going to simply play it and then we'll discuss.
that was a song called Fuel, F-U-E-L. And it was my first real introduction to Tommy Emmanuel. Watching a YouTube video where he is interviewed by a... He's interviewed on a, a music store channel from England that I follow called Anderton's Music. And I was so entranced by, by the, the melody of this song and just watching him play and it's really just at such a high level that I can't even imagine and and that's what all his music is like he's so brilliant as a soloist it's incredible that was really interesting and Jacob showed me the video in question uh, and uh, I had a I had a couple of of thoughts and observations uh, the first one was asking what the name of the song was, and he said, Fuel. And I said, because it bears a striking um, derivative resemblance to classical gas, the old Mason Williams uh, number. Which is something that is, it's another, that song, him doing it, it's one of his more popular songs as well. I think that was sort of, if I remember correctly, his introduction to becoming this acoustic guitar soloist mm -hmm. was, he played this with an orchestra, I think. Or he, at one point he did on TV or something, but he's had um, an incredible career. Uh, he's in his 60s. Um, he has been a professional musician by his own account since he was five or six years old because he was brought up in a, a family band atmosphere where at one point his parents sold their home and they traveled across Australia uh, touring and the parents and all the kids they were their own band and they played and sang and just entertained and so he's been just on tour his whole life he ended up being a prolific session guitarist in Australia and he played with Minute Work that's one one band that comes to mind but all kinds of other Australian artists that he you know on, on electric guitar first uh -huh. he's clearly very good at that as well but now what he does is he, he plays about 300 shows a year. He travels the world, Europe, America, Australia, and everywhere else, and simply puts on these solo shows, just him, and he can, he can do it all. So when you said that the guy you were about to play did solo acoustic shows, I wondered if maybe he might be the Australian Bob, but he's no, not. He's not. <laughs> not. No, he's not. Not even remotely the same thing. <laughs> if you look on YouTube, he's interviewed a lot. He does lots of interviews, and there's lots of performances of him. He's done a TED Talk explaining his whole one-man band thing. He puts mics in his acoustic guitar in certain places. He uses it as a drum mm -hmm. as well. He, His thumb, like he... It seems to me he's quite a large guy, like very tall, mm -hmm. huge hands. He can use his thumb to fret not only the low E string, but also the A string as well. The Jimi Hendrix thing. Yes. Uh-huh. And... He can literally wrap his hand around the entire neck and touch. Yes. You, you know, together easily. He is... Overlap even. Yes. And he is strongly influenced, most of all, by Chet Atkins hearing him on the radio when he was a kid, and that's what led him on to this path because he, oh, okay. he does do that Travis Picking thing mm -hmm. uh, to explain what that is, how you, you know, how uh, when you play piano, there's left and right hand movement. Mm -hmm. On the left hand, it's usually bass or lower. 
on the right hand, it's more of a melodic thing. And so he does with guitar that he uses a finger pick on his thumb. He uses his thumb for the bass notes and uses his three of his four fingers, sometimes all four of them, to play melodies and play the chords. So there is so much going on to, to watch him play. I noticed um, in that particular video, you know, a lot of times when you hear playing like that, there'll be intricately involved tunings and things like that. was clearly straight tuning. Yep, standard tuning. And yeah, standard tuning is the phrase I'm looking for there. And I saw a lot of very recognizable chord shapes. Mm -hmm. um, of course, a lot of stuff that wasn't, you know, you know, regular standard normal shapes, but it just, I, I was thinking as I was watching it play that, that it, it emphasized the vast difference in, in the sounds and the melodic nature of that instrument when you are really playing the strings individually instead yes. of strumming. That you can, even with the same shapes, get a lot of different sounds. Mm -hmm. um, really, really neat. Yeah, it, and going back to that song, the classical gas reference, uh, he goes on to talk about that song, um, that he was on a train and he saw a billboard advertising a Harry Potter movie. So that was what got him into the <laughs> into the headspace, I guess. But he 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 writes not writes, but he composes mm -hmm. all of his you know songs. But he also loves to um, reinterpret popular songs that people would know, such as the Beatles. And so he does that as well. It really, it really seemed by all accounts that he's a, a great entertainer and wonderful soloist, and he tours a lot. He is somebody that I've decided that I now want to go and see. It would be very special. Yeah, that, uh, that's to, one to, of the things about somebody like that is you, you could just go, yeah. and it'll be great. And even if you don't know a thing he plays, it doesn't matter because enjoy it's it. so interesting and melodic. And Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be down for that. And it seems like somebody whose name should have rung a bell to me, but if if I've ever run across him or heard of him, I don't remember it. So that's that's a, that's a good one. Yep. So there you go. Song number one, and also number six for two other episodes. <laughs> well, I'm I'm going to start in with the my most basic definition of of this type of episode, which is what am I listening to the most you know, right now. And this has actually been true for about two or three months. And we have talked about this guy before. Um, we've played a song before, but if I'm going to start there, then I have to be true and honest to it. Are we going to the and Bahamas? Yes. We're going to have to play a Bahamas song here. I cannot stress to you enough listener, um, how great Bahamas is. Uh, now I think Joel mentioned because he's the one, he's the one that turned us on to this guy. He's on a massive indie kick right now. Uh huh. Uh huh. And 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 there's that that is going to have an influence over what I'm going to play, um, and some thoughts that I've been having along along those lines. Um, but Bahamas is. Um, he's 41-ish, yeah, about to be 41. Um, and he is Canadian, and his his given name is Athey 
either Jervanen or Yurvanen. I'm thinking it's probably Yurvanen with that J at the beginning, but I don't know for sure. <laughs> um, but as one of his albums was titled, Bahamas is Afy. So <laughs> that's that's his <laughs> that's his name. And <clears throat> excuse me. He, uh, Jacob mentioned, you know, indie, and that is basically where he started. Uh, in fact, on the Wikipedia page, he, it has him listed as folk and indie. Which, it, I mean, indie, by I should say, is short for independent. And it really is, you know, when Josh and I and Joel use the word indie, we're talking about a specific genre. Yes, but, because, yeah. But the word indie itself simply means an artist or band that's independent. They, they're not on a major label, yeah. so to speak. But, but that, that developed from a, a thing, you know, because that term came about when these people were putting probably lower fi stuff together privately and, and getting, you know, you, you didn't have the ability to make this sounds like a stupid thing to say, but maybe it'll make sense. Just any kind of music you wanted to at home on the computer. So those independent artists tended to have a certain kind of sound. Maybe so. Often acoustic-based, um, slight arrangements. Um, you know, you, you weren't going to get an independent release back 20, 30 years ago uh, that was big band or something that somebody recorded at home, you know, as far as, I mean, like a literal large band and not big band yeah. music. Um, <laughs> so the, it was often very folky. And so indie in, in my understanding of it turned into anything that was while yes, independently released also had a certain kind of sound to it, a, a, a softness, a generally a more quiet type arrangement that was fairly sparse and an offshoot of the singer-songwriter type thing. That is interesting. You know, to me, that's up for debate a little bit um, because that is what I that is what we're talking about. This sort of section of indie, but you know, I've heard other bands considered that are considered indie that are not. You know sparse and folky and like no in not, any way. No, not anymore not well, no but i mean even bands from 15 20 years ago you know hard rock or um dawes is not hard rock but they they did start out with more acoustic driven but even as by their second album was very electric were they were they calling them indie yes when they were i mean i guess there's indie rock but see but do you see what i mean I, this may be more it's, my it's perception a, it's than a, a huge, thing. It's a huge umbrella, you know? You know, calling something indie doesn't have to mean there's a specific sound, even though I, I take what you're saying as true because it is an aspect of indie that, I, that I'm aware of and that I accept. Yeah. Uh, so it's like indie is a big umbrella that just means independent. So you have like major label in indie. Yeah. Because it does encompass people who make music at home, but also people who they might self-finance their recording sure. at a studio. Sure, sure. Um, or on any number of small labels that 
have limited distribution or something like that. Well, that's the inherent problem with with trying to, to with not more specifically categorizing. Let me rephrase that. That's the inherent problem with broad classification that lacks more specificity. Yeah. Because, man, that was a much better sentence, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, because indie rock and what I think of when the word indie is just said by itself, which is what I described to you, that's what I think of when I hear indie. Um, that's a similar issue to, say, both... Metallica and Coldplay are rock. Well, that but is exactly... They are not related in any way. And honestly, when I hear rock, I think of a certain portion of rock. Because I think of metal as something different. Even though if you're going to broadly categorize you know, jazz, rock, country... Those bands have to both go into rock. You know what I'm. You know what I'm saying. Well, so it, what ultimately I think what we're agreeing to is that it is a sort of perception sort of thing. Because Elvis Presley might be rock and roll, sure, but Metallica is also referred to as rock, rock in a very general sense. But they're nothing alike. Yes. So, but again, when I say when I say rock. I'm not including heavy metal in that, even though that would be part of that genre overall. When I think of rock, I think of mainstream-sounding band music uh, that fits a certain profile in my head. It doesn't make sense, but it's th this is getting more and more down the wormhole. <laughs> but if I say country music... Okay, I have a pretty specific idea of what country music is and includes. Now, we got all kinds of stuff going on now that they call country that if you have to put it somewhere, you have to put it there. But it's not what I think of when I hear country music. Do I think of a wide range of things? Sure, I do. But I'm not thinking of bro country. Does that make any... Am I making any sense? No, you are. I just... I feel like I'm having a hard time describing... I'll try one more thing. When I hear indie, I don't think independent musician because that could be any kind of music anywhere, anytime. You're right. That's either major label or indie. When I hear indie, I think of uh, a girl playing a guitar with bongos <laughs> because that is the sound that most got associated when that term became popular. Oh, they're indie. Oh, they're indie. You know, back when they were saying that in the 90s all the time. And that tends to color, at least in my eyes, someone says, well, this is indie. Well, then I expect to sort of hear that, and I guess the conclusion is that's it's used more broadly than, than the term sounds... Shoot. I think... <laughs> I, I, I understand you, but I, I'm... Do you see this room? Do you see the paint all over the floor... And how I have painted and painted, and now I'm in the corner and can't get out. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that uh, this has been fun, and we'll see you next time. <laughs> Episode 32 and all that. <laughs>
No? I, I, I've understood what you meant for a while. <laughs> so, I, I, Afy... In that, <laughs> in, in that sense, I was not sure why you kept going over it, because... I understand. Because I felt like I wasn't making sense, you, and you're kind of staring at me, and I couldn't read what. I'm of I can only see your eyes. <laughs> no, but <I'm> <laughs> I was like, I think I'm not being clear. No, um, you've been very clear. All right. Well, you could probably trim that down a little bit. Anyway, so Afy uh, taught himself to play. He has opened for Jack Johnson and uh, the Lumineers, others uh, such as that. And when he started, uh, his earlier records tend to be more the kind of traditional indie sound that I think of <laughs> with, you know, acoustic strumming, softer touch. And he still does those things. But uh, his most two recent records, which are are the ones that I've really been listening to a lot, Earth Tones and Sad Hunk, um, are, are just phenomenal. And if, if we're going to further subdivide, it's definitely indie rock, but it does, it's not heavy in any way. So there you go. This, this is the first song from his last album. This is called Trick to Happy. This is Bahamas. Here we go. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so off of it. I just need to know Is there a price for doing well? Should I feel bad cause I can't tell? I felt guilty there for a spell But now I need to know in my Life is moving past me. He, 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 I 
perhaps we don't have to listen to that whole thing if you've been listening to Bahamas as much as I have, Jacob. I certainly have listened to this album, and what is the album that you mentioned? Sad Hunk is this album, and then, and then the, the other one is Earth Tones. Earth Tones. Actually, was I became aware of that album, Earth Tones, not even knowing who the artist was. Oh, yeah? A couple of songs came up on Spotify uh-huh. Discover Weekly. But, no, actually, I have been listening heavily to Led Zeppelin over the last two weeks. <laughs> so, I'm not including any of their no, songs. No, they rock. <laughs> See? We, we will dis- continue, continue this discussion off the air because we're both right I, yeah well I, yeah I, 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 yeah uh he's saying yes but he really means no you're wrong but we'll discuss no it later. no i i there's <laughs> there's validity there it, there's there's not a right answer uh, anyway led zeppelin one is such an incredible album i listened to it about 40 times anyway back to bahamas <laughs> Can you tell we're out of practice? The, the, car, the car was so far out into the ditch. <laughs> Jacob's trying to get it out. And he just goes further down into, ooh, Led Zeppelin. <laughs> I'm dazed and confused for so long oh. it isn't true. Oh. So. <laughs> <laughs> this year, it is, it is strongly like, <clears throat> it is strongly likely that I have played Sad Hunk enough already that it'll be my top listen to album this year. It is a 10 song, 30 minute affair. It is full of great lyrics, um, sense of humor, just slight, you know, not jokey stuff, but you know, slight sense of humor, really cool playing that has a lot of space in it. Really interesting guitar stuff, and they're mostly little ditties, uh, two minutes, two and a half minutes, lots of pop sensibility in there, naturally. <laughs> Indie sensibility, of and, course. Uh, he is an independent artist, I mean. <laughs> Not for long. <laughs> so He's getting big. Um, well, that's the thing, is there's a lot of people that have, have, have played with him, You've got videos of him playing with some pretty big names, including Nathan East um, and uh, uh, others. And so how thrilled were we to see that at the end of March, Bahamas will be at the Kessler in Dallas. And we'll be there. Yes. I went ahead and immediately bought the tickets for that. And since then, that's on uh, Saturday. Was that about the 24th? No, twenty six. Yeah, twenty six. Yeah, the twenty six is when that would be, and and they have since added a show the next night at the Kessler, so so two nights, um, and I'm really looking forward to it. But do yourself a favor, spend some time with Sad Hunk and Earth Tones, and he I think has, you'll really really enjoy it. He has two point eight million monthly listeners on Spotify. That is nothing to shake his No, stick no. At. Uh, I would guess that you would, could say he's fairly well known in Canada yes. or perhaps other places around the country. He's uh, around the world, excuse me. He's Finnish. Maybe he's big in Europe. I don't know. That's well, a lot of listeners. I just happened to look. Gary Clark Jr. only has about 3.2, mm-hmm. and he's a well at long established yeah. guy. So, I mean, he certainly had a lot of, got a lot of momentum. Well, one of the things of that, I, that I love about about Afy is 
he is just kind of all shucks, unassuming, totally. and kind of a dork. Yeah, it certainly seems that way. <laughs> um, which it makes him all the more enduring. I mean, he does these videos, and he'll be in shorts and flip-flops, and he's just a dad. You know, I mean, he'll have the kids crawling all over him, and he's just singing to them, or he's in their room, or, you know, whatever. And, and, and so this album, Sad Hunk, his, his wife actually <laughs> said one of the pictures, he looked like a sad hunk. <laughs> I don't think that was meant as a compliment, but I mean, it's just a, it's just like a black and white photo of him sitting there in a sweatshirt and what appears to be maybe, I don't know, acid wash jeans or something. And he's got that big mustache and he's just kind of sitting there. <laughs> so I like, I like the sense of humor. Uh, you can look up a song like Hockey Teeth and get a little bit more overt <laughs> in that sense of humor. But love Bahamas. Can't wait. Cannot wait to see him. I think it'll be fun. It's going to be fantastic, and we're we're off and running. So that's my first selection. That was Trick to Happy from Sad Hunk, but listen to both albums. Y'all will love it. Well, cool. I am moving on to my <laughs> my second selection. This is only song number three, isn't it? I'm sorry. <laughs> it's totally on me. So this is an art pop band, but also is, I've seen, considered to be indie. Um, but they're a group from Los Angeles who has, they have one album on Spotify. They're a band called Sure Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Sure Sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure Sure. Uh, I found this band... <laughs> Paul Newman in the Hudsucker Proxy. Have you ever seen the Hudsucker Proxy? No, but you should see it. The yeah, yeah, sure, sure is something that's entered the the parlance, but <laughs> that I have no idea where it comes. That's from. where it came from, <coughs> from the Coen Brothers movie, The Hudsucker Proxy, and that's what Paul Paul Newman's character would say. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> Lord. Okay, so they have two albums on Spotify. Sure, sure does. And they have 1.1 million monthly listeners. That's way more than I would have thought. But their biggest song is they covered the Talking Heads is This Must Be The Place. And I got onto this album, self-titled, from 2018. And every song is good. And it really just has a, a fun, easy-to-listen-to sound. And the song I'm going to play is one of my favorites from the album, it's called Low Life.
so very lo-fi selection. What? What, what is that? The the quiet violet femmes? Is that what that is? Is that what we're listening to? I don't know. The uh, subdued femmes? It's good. I I like it. And like I said, everything on that album is has such a, a good sound to it. it more, comparatively more lo-fi. And I suppose this is an art. This ends up being in Josh's favor for his definition of indie because it does have a very indie sound and our pop, but it's three guys from Los Angeles who record in their house. They they record their music in the attic, and they they on an old Casio cassette recorder yeah. that they just hit record. Well, <laughs> it would it would sound like that on this. Uh, People have no idea what you just said or why. I just pointed to his Bluetooth speaker, which for some reason it has a really strange. Yeah, it it used to sound better than that. I don't know. If I don't know what happens. Are to messed it. up or it? So you would think it was recorded on a on like a four track old thing from the eighties that they got at a thrift store. I don't know what's wrong with that speaker. I don't know. It, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, they apparently they they record their parts in the attic and they run all these cables down through their wall down into a bedroom where they have the console and so they just do all the That's the whole all the production everything is all of them so yeah it's pretty cool i don't really know anything else about them but now that's going to be a theme as we move forward i think at least for me is some of this stuff i don't know much about these people can't but, find out a lot of information but you like the sound or you like the song, or whatever it may be. Yeah. So, sure, sure. Sure, sure. The subdued films. I must be so some kind of low life. They can't get me out here. Yes, I record in the low light. I'll be free any day. So, whatever uh, that, that means. That's kind of funny. Okay, so I'll go to another band um, that... <laughs> Here we are again, genre, indie pop. <laughs> you know, I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't... This has been around for months as far as in my area. Alyssa's the one who told me, Joel's wife, to, to listen to this. They had heard it, um, I believe, that day when they were driving up here. And this is a group out of Seattle, and they're a good example of a band that does what it does. Um, there's not just a ton of variety across their music. So if you like it, you like it. Um, it I doubt I'll ever listen to The Dip um, with regularity. But I, <laughs> I, revisit, <laughs> I revisit this one particular album... Um, Fairly often, um, really, really like it. It's just simply called the dip, and the by, name by the dip. Uh, yes, by the dip, <laughs> and the name of this song is "Sure Don't Miss You."
example of you know we've talked about this in the first edition of this episode is how there's lots of soul uh and neo soul yeah. type, of, type of stuff around these days mm-hmm. this is a great example of that yeah. as well yeah it it, it it always will appeal to me you I, i've noticed if you have some sort of a part horn in this section. soul revival horn section um that sort of thing so these were guys that shared a house at the University of Washington. And and then there was another band that uh, played jazz and they sort of, a horn, horn section, so they sort of got together and called themselves The Dip. They've got two albums, one that just came out uh, fairly recently that I've listened to once. Uh, I didn't in any way mean to disparage when I said, um, I don't know that I'll listen to them regularly. I, I, I do from time to time. Uh, There's so much music out there. Yeah listen to them but um it's it's not a bad thing to have a sound and they have a sound if you like that you can put the whole album on and just listen to it and you'll enjoy it i do so uh that that one came from Alyssa and joel but Alyssa's the one who told me so she gets the credit so that is uh sure don't miss you by the dip well that's cool I have a sort of a soul style song, but I'm not going to play it right now because I wanted to take another hard pivot to something else. Indie hip hop. Uh, no. <laughs> Indie film scores. <laughs> yes. Uh, no. This one goes out to my Uncle Bill. See, he's been trying to put people put me on to different um, artists, uh, especially as he's been listening to the show and very cool that he, he does listen to us. Does everyone have an Uncle Bill? Well, I don't know. I do. I do too. Oh, or you... did. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Great Uncle Bill. Exactly. He... Great Uncle Bill. <laughs> oh, he was your great uncle too? <laughs> so he is, he's going to get two selections actually from, from my list today. Um, he has told me a couple of times about this guy who his claim to fame was his original claim to fame was in a country band from Florida called the Mavericks. I'm certain you've heard of them. Mm -hmm. And I was not really aware of the connection between the lead singer of this band. His name is Raul Malo and he's not bad though. He's good. So (laughs) no Malo, no Malo, no Malo, uh, but oh, he's yeah. very good, and he's had a you know a pretty successful solo career. He has recorded duets with a lot of people, and he covers a lot of classic songs. But 
I did not realize that this song that I've been hearing all my life is the Mavericks and is Raul Malo. Oh, okay. Uh, and you've probably heard it, Josh. <laughs> uh, it's called There Goes My Heart. Of course. There goes my heart. in every time to a country band like this yeah so the walking bass line of course that appeals to me that's my favorite thing to play and it will come into many genres incidentally the the first album that the mavericks put out was an independent album so they're indie i suppose yes (laughs) yes score one for thaco over here not indie (laughs) no not indie uh i all this just makes me think of is why don't I ever listen to the Mavericks? They're good. That's a great song. I've been I do know that one, but the- yeah, alongside Led Zeppelin one, two, three, and four, I've listened to the Mavericks. <laughs> <laughs> I really, for me, what draws me into this is still guitar and twang of the what is most certainly a Fender mm-hmm. Telecaster. Oh, of course it is. I'm but sure. Steel, but it's I, it's I'm the just, Bakersfield thing. Oh yeah. That's what it is. Yep. I mean, you hear, 
you know, you think Dwight Yoakam, you think Buck Owens, uh, yeah, derailers, yep, for you know, a little smaller type act. It fits right in there with all of that, and I'm just thinking that ought to be on my regular rotation yeah. for that They're particular all, genre. Yeah, they and steel guitar. I'm just a sucker for it. I, I can't say it enough. How how great. I like it how too. How great. I like it too. So this song was written by Raul Malo, as well as a Greek person. <laughs> named Costas. He simply goes by the name Costas. And he's written for a lot of... He's he's actually written a ton of different country songs, including, have you heard Turn Me On, Turn Me Up, Turn Me Loose by yeah. Dwight Yoakam? He uh-huh. wrote that. Okay. So, he's all over the place in 90s country with co-writes. But, yeah. Raul Malo was born in Florida. He's son of Cuban parents. And he is with the Mavericks now. They broke up for a time, and now they're mm-hmm. back together and they're touring. And he's had a successful solo career. And he's also part of, have you ever heard of the Lo, well, Los Super 7? No. They're a cool super group. I've heard some of their music, but they, you have Joe Ely in this group, uh, Freddie Fender, uh, Flacco Jimenez. There's all these kind of members of Texas Tornadoes and uh, what else is it? Los Lobos. Alexico, so that's kind of cool, but he has a really good voice, and um, and Bill says that for him, I believe it's his favorite vocalist that he loves to go and see him, and just just his voice is uh-huh. just just really does it for him. Well, he's got a perfect voice yes. for that. I mean, it, it's perfect fit. Yeah, so that's number that's one of two for Bill. See. Uh, I, the reason he gets two songs this episode is because I was going to include this, mm-hmm. but I was going through my texts with him to see what he said about uh, Raul Malo, and I found that there was a text from him that I didn't actually see. I must have missed it somehow with, with another group that I'm going to play as my fifth song. So anyway, some great 90s country here. There goes my heart from Raul Malo and the Mavericks. And another example of it doesn't have to be something new if it's on the recently added right. playlist. Here's, this came out in '94, I think. Yeah. So, no, that's 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 great, and I'm gonna have to make it a point to to spend some more time with the Mavericks mm-hmm. because that's that's excellent. Good, good, good. What's next for you then? All right. So my my next selection. This is an example of. A, a guy that I have been familiar with uh, for about eight or nine years now. Um, he plays the bass guitar. And if I throw names out like Fastball and Jason Mraz, you may quickly know who he plays with most by hearing those names. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is the regular and usual bass guitar player for Bob Schneider, Bruce Hughes. Okay. And I always oh. I always say when I see Bob in the band, whom we've talked about extensively, that I don't want to be Bob, I want to be Bruce. Because Bruce gets to play the bass with Bob and oh. have a good time. He has an album out. He does. Okay. And I haven't heard it, but I have, I'm about he, to. He just released a, a, a new album. It is 
interesting. Here's here's what I'm going to say. Um, and apparently he is he is fairly busy and prolific playing around around the country. And uh, this particular song says uh, he says about it. Uh, it is a postcard to the Austin hippie and all of us. To the, to the free-spirited, sparkly-eyed kids out after dark. <laughs> so um, that's what we're going to hear uh, here. I, I listened to the whole album. Some of it I liked better than others, but this is an example of where I liked the song and I've listened to it several times, just that one song. Okay. And I, I, think, I think you'll enjoy it. It's called oh. Sweet Children by that's Bruce serious. Hughes. If you fall down... I'll be right there to pick you up, keep you smiling. Fill your pocket with a little luck, call out my name. And I'll be rolling down your block. Too fast to brace. You don't have to fake it. You got what it takes. Go ahead and make it. Make it better. I Very dig. Fine. I dig that song, and I guess it's largely because it, it it's got a Bob Schneider sound to it. It it's very it's got that element, uh, kind of ugly Americans type thing. Yeah, it does you know, a little bit going. That of course Bruce was in that band too. So he was he played guitar. Yeah, for yeah, I think for them or oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't know. Did. I didn't yeah, know that he did. He played. He played guitar. In, in that band, but been, been playing bo- bass with Bob for a long time. That that sounds like a Bob song, but it's it's Bruce. It's fun, 
and I I really enjoy watching Bruce when we go see Bob. He he's he's a good bass player. He's clearly having a good time, and yeah, gets to hang out with with Bob and play music. What more could you want? But he's got this album out. Um, like I said, some of it I liked better than others, but that's the lead track, and I think it's it, it's worthy. Definitely got that pop sensibility. <laughs> that's fun. No, I'm gonna go back and listen to the rest of that album. Yeah, I saw hit and miss, but you know. Well, I saw Bob talking about it uh, a few weeks ago on Instagram or some social media. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I need to go listen to it. That was fun. Yeah, I like it. All right. I am going to revisit a, a band from part one of, well, not part one, but episode one of this sort of versioning. Of, volume one. Volume one. There you go. Lake Street Dive. I know way more about them now than I did back in July. Mm-hmm. I am well familiar with all their albums now. They are so good. And Rachel Price is an incredible singer. Oh, yeah. Incredible. Oh, yeah. And I've seen, I, there's actually a very good video of, a concert video of them on YouTube. It, the Vermont PBS put it on. They played at some venue in Vermont. Mm-hmm. And the whole, they, it's their whole show, but they're so good live. The, the musicianship and the interplay between everybody, the, the vocals, somebody else that I'm putting on my list, you have to see them live. Have to see him live. They announced a a tour not too long ago. It's it's brief. It's only a few dates, and I don't think it's anywhere around here. It isn't. But with the dip, yeah, you get the dip and Lake Street Dive, and uh, that would be cool. What would be a cool show if we lived closer was they're playing at the Hollywood Bowl. Oh yeah, and they're playing with Jack Johnson yeah. as well. Uh, so. They're they're bound to come through Dallas, Houston, Austin. Yeah, they've been down this point. this direction before, and they they will again. But you're right; she's a a great great vocalist. They do very very cool and varying arrangements. They do not do avant garde country. They used um, to. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they did. <laughs> I, I like I like them too, and and generally when I want to listen to them, I just go to Spotify and do the. This the, is Lake this Street is, Dive. Just let it play, you know. As the months have gone on, we, I've listened to them a lot. Sarah has, Alyssa. Of course, Alyssa was, it was funny because the night before she texted me about, uh, texted us about Lake Street Dive, and here I was about to do a song on them. And I had it on mine too. Yeah. Um, and my source for it was way back when we first started this and we had Bands of Your Life which I got from the ticket where we did the yeah. very first episode. Um, they, they did, a, they did a, a segment of that with the Texas Rangers radio broadcaster, Eric Nadell, who I listened to back when I followed baseball my whole life. Listened to Eric Nadell on the radio, and he's a big music fan. And he um, was singing the praises of Lake Street Dive. So I went and looked it up because of that. So that's where I heard about it. For me, it was that song I played... Uh, the last time it was Bad Self Portraits. That was mm-hmm. Spotify Discover Weekly. I'm pretty sure. Ah, that's that, great. That or their cover of Rich Girl, which I think I might have gotten from uh, Spotify Discover. Great stuff. What are we going to hear today? It, it could be any song, and I, I've gone back and forth on what I want to play, but I'm going to go with a song which has a, a lot of kind of funk influence, kind of. 
It's from, In, indie funk. Maybe. It's from, <laughs> it's from their 2018 album, Free Yourself Up. Free, or no, excuse me, You Are Free. That's the song I want to play. You don't need a team of lawyers looking for evidence. You don't need a piece of paper trying to prove your intent to be free. You don't need to look back and see if you said what you meant. You don't need your heart running at 100%. I don't need a crystal ball to hear the thoughts in your head I can see I don't need the judge and jury to determine my fate I don't need the priest to tell me that you ain't been a saint All we need is me I'm tired of giving back your flaws And all the broken laws and the hearts you've left behind It's not up to you concert video I was talking about they really during that breakdown da, 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 uh-huh. they do so much with that and it goes into some solos and stuff not easy stuff to do no. they're really in sync they're so tight and the drummer as well is very impressive to me how he sets up his drum set but anyway I'm just kind of a nerd about that I guess oh no wait a minute have we talked about that before uh, I was telling Rory about it last Ner- week. nerd out a little bit on that well Music I'll, I'll try my best, you know, from the perspective of somebody listening to, to me. You know, I, I can't do it justice, but 
Um, well, just try to do as good a job as I did describing what indie music is, and you'll be fine. <laughs> so I've never noticed this about this guy's um, drum set. Typical way that you, typical way that you set up your kid is that you have your snare and a hi hat and one or two toms that are mounted in front of you. Yeah, the, the snares in front of one you. One on the side. The hi hats to the left. Yes. Talking about Basically, a right-handed player. Basically, the snare is is between your your knees. Pretty much. Pretty much. Bass drum in front of and you. Two toms mounted on top. One tom that's on the floor next to you. Called the floor tom. To your right, if you're a right-handed style mm-hmm. player, like most people are. And then you might have some cymbals up around. Yes. But he has a very interesting way of setting up his kid that I appreciate. He has two hats. One of them. Oh, that's right. One of them is in front of him and is fixed to be closed. So, for those of you who don't know anything about the drums, the hi hat is—you've seen it before. It's two cymbals that face each other and have a pedal on it, so that the two cymbals will clap up and down on each other. And then you can hit them with a stick when they're together, and they make kind of a sound. Or if you separate them, they sound more like cymbals. And there's things you can do with that. So that's what Jacob's talking about. So, and, and further to that, most drummers, I can say for myself and most, uh, you, would have, you would be doing the hi-hat eighth notes with your right hand and the snare with, you know, with your left hand, but you would cross over. Yes, your arms are your crossed. Your right hand would cross over your left. Um, but the way his is set up is it's straight in front of him. So his right hand is extended onto this hat that's in front of him, so there's no pedal. He's just hitting it. Where the hat is not supposed to be. Right. So it's like this. But then he can also do other stuff with the other hat that's over here. Just the existence of two hi-hats it was mind is blowing. bizarre. It's mind-blowing. I mean, I have never seen anybody else do that. It's such a great idea, though. It really is. I mean, they went to two bass drums. Right. And, you know, pedals, double pedals, and you got the double toms at the top, you know. Everything else it, gets doubled. Why not the hi hat? <laughs> it affects it affects how you do drum fills, because other thing about this guy is that next on the left of his snare, and to the left of the other hi hat is another tom. So he has two floor toms on either side, and then he has two up here. And to add more to it, he has a drum pad on top of the fixed hat above it, because he's you know yeah. there's sampled noises or yeah. program noises or whatever. So just to watch him do fills and solo and the way that it's unconventional, but I actually think it's brilliant. Yeah, it's such yeah. an outside of the box. It's really cool. Uh, that's definitely something to, if you're interested in the, the way music is played. And drums are, obviously we had a short little episode about drummers one time that you can go back and listen to for three hours if you like. But the, the drums are far more musical than, than people than people think. Um, it's it's not just about the rhythm. It's about the sounds that come from the drums and from things that are just used percussively, which can literally be anything. Mm-hmm. And so I love it when I see somebody, you know, you can you can play really great drums with nothing but a snare. Yeah. And 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 suit and a song a very well. And get it. a lot of different sounds out of it. But these people that have unique setups and all these different kinds of drums and they know where they are, that's how they really get uniqueness as a player. Yeah. And 
So he he's he's definitely there. Y'all should check that Mike, out. Watching Mike Calabrese is his name, and not only does he play the drums in a to me a fascinating way, he also does back backup vocals, and he also is a songwriter, um, along with Bridget Kearney. She's the upright bass player. And by the way, I can't say enough how interesting it it adds such an interesting aspect to their sound to have upright bass rather than electric. The the upright bass man. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you right now, I I'm a bass player. I'm excuse me, I'm an electric bass player. I've I've fiddled around with an upright bass a couple of times. There's no way. First of all, it's fretless. Yeah. Which is hard enough. You can do it. I mean, I, I was able to play some things on it, but the strings are as big around as a garden hose. Yeah. And, and you have to, I mean, really, you don't, if you were to just pluck them like you do a bass with your, I mean, I use my first two fingers when I'm playing the bass rather than my thumb. Um, and, you know, you just pluck at those and they're easy to pluck out once you've got your little calluses and everything. It's no big deal. You have to, you can't do that to an upright bass. It wouldn't make any sound. You've got to pull it and release it to get sound out of those massive thick strings. I don't know how anybody plays one. I, it's, it's incredible. So there's a lot we could say about Lake Street Dive, you know. Something else, I want to mention one thing else, that the bass player and drummer and the guitar slash trumpet player, and he's no, no longer with the band, actually, but the original guitarist, those three wrote the songs solo or together mm-hmm. it is i have not seen a songwriting credit from rachel price but her instrument her whole thing is being a a vocalist and entertainer mm-hmm. and she is so 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 good at that i'm she's really in, she's incredible yeah i'm really picky about vocals and to, to the point where vocals will elevate something that isn't as good and it will destroy something that is good in my eyes. I just I'm really picky about mm-hmm. about vocalists, and I think she's great. Yeah, she just sounds great. An interesting voice, a powerful voice. I was drawn to it first. The first song I heard, and I like I like every one of them. Southern rock, indie pop, blue eyed soul, folk rock, alt jazz. Is that what you're reading from Wikipedia? There you go. <laughs> There's your genre for those guys. So, little bit of everything, except no avant-garde country. No, they decided that that wouldn't sound too good. <laughs> All right. Basically. Let's go see them. Yes. Uh, 100%. We, there's so much we could say about them, and we probably spent the longest talking about them, which is a testament to how great they are. I mean, yeah. I can't stress it enough. Lake Street Dive. Yeah. Go listen to yeah, them. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, I have very little to say about this band. I Is have, this your fourth? Yes. I have listened to this album, and I the song that I remembered that I have since returned to and played is um, the one I'm going to play for you here. Uh, I think Joel, I think Joel's the one who told me about this this band, but this is, I'm on my way to, to listening to them more. I haven't really explored it very deeply yet, but I really like this song. It is a a Chicago group 
and they have a couple of EPs. This one is from 2015. The band is called Fat Night. Oh yeah. Yeah, and uh, this song is called On the Run. Yeah, I've heard this, this is a good one. Singing at the window of a plane flying high in the sky. pretty groovy <laughs> i love a good groove <laughs> and they that song kind of calls into mind that same um area that's out there now that mama's gun is in mm-hmm. it's oh, yeah. again the soul thing um that's a little funkier um but uh i don't know mama's gun could be pretty funky too but these are chicago guys instead of guys from across the pond i know absolutely nothing about them not a thing can't find anything I, well that's how it goes with, with these indie, you know, indie, soul, etc. They might have a, an album on Spotify or two, and they might have a website, but then that's yeah. it. Yeah. There's nobody writing about them or anything. There's no biographical no information on their website. Yeah. They're not big enough to have a Wikipedia page. I, <clears throat> this is my favorite kind of thing. Where is Fat Night going to land in, in my musical landscape? I don't know. I haven't listened to it enough yet to know, but if it's 
a lot of stuff like that. Um, they've also got that uh, that Wolfpack thing going on a yeah, little bit. Yeah, sure. That, that's all in there. That's more on the funk side. Anyway, as I as I explore Fat Night, you know, perhaps um, they'll they'll end up over where Wolfpack and Mama's Gun and some of those are in my great rotation, my regular rotation that I just love. Um, or maybe it'll be something I listen to a little bit and never revisit, but, uh, we'll see how that goes. That's part of the fun of this is, and like I said, I've been listening to Bahamas forever. Here's, you know, or repeatedly, not forever. I've been listening to them repeatedly. Uh, you know, here's Bruce is just somebody that I knew and here's a song and here's where I'm just kind of at the beginning of something. So that's, what's fun about this project for me is it's kind of representative of these different places where I am in listening and, and gives me opportunity to share. So, um, are we coming around the bend? This is number five for me. All right. And I know nothing about these guys either, but it was from a text from Bill and sorry, uh, I, I, I didn't see it. And then you sent me another text and got onto this other thing, but you did try to bring this group to my attention and I don't know where he got it from either, but it's a group called St. Paul and the Broken Bones. <laughs> They're from Alabama. So the song I'm going to play for you is called I'm Torn Up, the first song from their 2014 album, Half the City.
is a standing rock there. Please tell him this is your song. Yeah. You like that, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, for a very specific reason, but tell me about these guys. Well, you can't. I can't. <laughs> I just know that they are a band that Michael Bill recommended, and I wish I'd have seen it earlier. You know, they're good. Uh, this is pretty cool. Is How much have you been able to listen, or are you early on? Actually, um, spoiler alert, um, I just saw that text from Bill last night. Oh, okay. So, so this, this is, is an extremely new discovery. This is a, you've heard this once or twice. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I've, I've sampled through uh, this album and the album that comes after. And there, as you can tell, is this indicative of what they do? Yes. Um, okay. It, yeah. In the lyrics of this song, it's interesting. Uh, you know, hello, sweetheart. How is love going nowadays? Did you find that true love, the one that made you stay? And then he, then he goes on and he's saying, I'm torn up. Is he standing right next to you listening to this sweet song? Uh, at the end of the song, he goes, is he standing right there? Let him hear your song. So that's pretty cool. Uh, a song about trying to get back with, uh, with the one that got away. But that's really all I can say. Great. I, for some reason, the vocals are mixed kind of quietly in comparison to the instrumentation, which is weird. Uh, but no, they're cool. Yeah, I'm gonna look forward to to that. I'll, I'm I'm gonna go with Uncle Bill down the Saint Paul and the Broken Bones hole. <laughs> Jump into that rabbit hole for a while because I like that, and there yeah. is a very specific reason. The the vocalist, um, you know, it's all it's not always good to compare. Other, other no, people, but, but it, it it gives people it, an idea about how it, yes. how I'm thinking about this. Yeah, person. and it's it's useful. I always like. I'm not saying that people when I say that about about people that that they're that I'm limiting them. I'm just it, it's like when I talked about with Jackie. I hear elements of Tom Petty. I hear elements of uh, you know Jackson Brown. I hear elements of Bruce. You know stuff like that. It's the same thing. So the first impression I had of listening. This is the first song I listened to. Uh, a very Chris Stapleton quality oh, to really? his voice. Okay. And different range, uh-huh. different register, uh-huh. but just the, the quality, the timbre of the voice just reminds me a lot of Chris Stapleton. Uh, so, but now you are saying that you like this for a very specific reason. Yeah. What, what is that reason? Because Tell, the style sounds like somebody else that I really like. And, and that is? Um, that is my fifth song. Oh, really? Yes. No wonder um, you were not saying up front. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that it it leads directly. It makes a good pair um, with with this uh, this band um, put out their first album in 2015 after their front man had done um, more acoustic um, indie <laughs> stuff, and actually this album that he he put out. He decided to basically give a last effort at the music business. This was the last thing he was going to try. And while I won't say they've become mainstream, there's a lot of people who know this guy and his new band. Um, They record for Stax Records, and they sound 
very similar to St. Paul and the Broken Bones there. Who am I talking about? Nathaniel Ratliff and the Night Sweats. Nathaniel Ratliff and the Night Sweats, absolutely. And as as much as you and I have uh, enjoyed them, we haven't featured them yet on the show. No, and I my initial thought was to go back and get something from that 2015 album simply entitled Nathaniel Ratliff and the Night Sweats. It's great. It is. Top to bottom, every song, fantastic. Uh, And they do what they do. You can hear the Memphis in the music. They got the horns. I mean, it is a Stax Records release. And they have gone on to... um, become well-known in music circles. I mean, they're Red Rock shows, and I think he's from Colorado. Origins uh, in Denver. Yeah, their Red Rock shows are, are legendary, basically. But suffice it to say, he's hung around. Oh, and by the way, they're one of the best episodes of Tiny Desk. Oh, um, yes. Yeah, if you if you ever watch those Tiny Desk videos on YouTube, look up Nathaniel Rateliff on that because... That, mm. that is so funny because I was actually going to say in the during my last song, that, you know, this whole neo-soul thing is really, to my mind, and I'm not saying I've got this right, but to my mind, Nathaniel Rayliff and the Night Sweats are like the most mainstream um, version, you know, the most mainstream yeah, group, it comparatively seems like so, that to me. Because they did the whole late-night circuit, yeah. and they've, they've played these big venues, and, you know, it's what it feels like to me. I, yeah. I, I agree with that, um, and that's that may just be our take on it, but that's who I would say kind of fronts this, fronts this movement. Um, and again, this is a band that they do what they do. Yep. And in fact, they've released a couple of albums since then. I've recently been listening to their latest release, um, and many of the songs sound like variations of the same thing. Again, not criticizing. I really, really like them. I haven't got into that newest one. Um, so I'm going to play something from the new album because they've kind of jumped onto my radar because I have a um, a conference uh, for work in a couple of months, and uh, that I'll that I go to every year. That I'll be gone for several nights, and it backs up against another one. But anyway. Um, during my time in Oklahoma City, Nathaniel Ratliff and the Night Sweats are going to be there. Oh, so cool. So I'm going to get to go see them for the first time. When will that be? And uh, it's at the end of April. So I'm looking forward to that. Here from their latest, latest, from their, <laughs> here from their latest release, 2021. From our latest record. <laughs> this is called Survivor. Well, you just think that I'm some great survivor And you just build upon the lies that carry you Well, I don't even talk that way See, I wanted you to stay and show me the world's a better place and as we call to find our way, we even take the shape of something else. You think that I'm just some great survivor? 
just think that I'm some great survivor And you just feed upon Fear you created Some people ought to see Some people ought to hear Yeah Some people ought to see Some people ought to hear mm. Well if it's gonna be that way Then the crowd that calls your name That's what they do. That was awesome. It's it's got a it's got a groove. That rhythm guitar is just dripping with reverb. Yes, yes, and that's probably him playing that, and of course singing. And he does the. I mean, he just belts it out. Yeah. You know, you hear that on the chorus there, but uh, yeah, uh, I don't don't know what what all to say about him that I haven't already said or or the band. Um, though they did in August 2019, again from Colorado, um, launch a limited uh, release line uh, of cannabis cartridges <laughs> <laughs> as part of Willie's Reserve. Okay, of course. <laughs> called Night Stash Collection. <laughs> he, he's done a he's done a second Tiny Desk. Have you seen it? Oh no, I only seen the first one. So. Of course, during the pandemic and all that, 20 and 21, they weren't having these tiny desk shows in person, wherever that is, probably D.C., I would guess. Instead, they've been having bands play just somewhere. Uh-huh. Like if they have a if they have a studio they want to use or right. whatever. Lake Street Dive did one in their favorite. Uh, it's a candy shop in New York where they played their first gig. Oh, that's cool. Um, and Nathaniel Rayliff played in this restaurant i believe in denver or boulder somewhere around there where he first got started playing gigs as well that's fun. so it's really cool what they're how they you know still let the kept the concerts going but that's a cool one too the second one he did i'll have to i'll have to definitely look that up because they're they're fun to watch and i i look forward to to seeing them so on my on my list for today um i've got Two artists that I'll get to see for the first time in the coming weeks. Uh, one guy who plays with the artist I've seen the most. Yeah. <laughs> and and then uh, two that I that I haven't seen uh, or or explored quite as much. But uh, my you, select. Go ahead. Do you have any honorable mentions? Um, no, that's it for now. Okay. 
um, everything in the Bahamas catalog from Earth Tones and Sad Hunk. <laughs> because <laughs> on my recently added playlist, that's where that's what's predominantly there right now. But all these other things have made appearances lately. How about you? Well, I just wanted to mention a couple of things. Okay. I already mentioned Led Zeppelin 1 through 4. There's this band, and they're called Led Zeppelin. I want you all to hear them. <laughs> I have not gone into detail explaining who they are, because they know. But outside of that, Chris Stapleton had an album out last year, late, and uh, it's pretty good. It's called uh, Starting Over, and two songs on there are co-written with um, Mike Campbell. Oh, okay. Mike Campbell plays on the album, and Ben Mont plays all over the album. Heartbreakers Influence. Yeah. Great. It's a good album. I know there are those of you that, that do listen to the, when we do stuff like this, the stuff that you may not know, and, and take it and run with it and listen to it. And maybe you'll just pick one or two of them that appeal to you and you'll listen further. Um, whatever, whatever it is, anybody who discovers new music, even through one of our songs, um, you'll, you'll be enriched by that. And that's that's why... That's why we do this, and we'll do we'll do more of it. I'm sure. Like I said, moving forward, I picked "Trick to Happy" by Bahamas, "Sure Don't Miss You" by The Dip, "Sweet Children" by Bruce Hughes, "On the Run" by Fat Night, and "Survivor" by Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats. But listen to their 2015 album if you haven't. It's awesome. I have chosen "Fuel" by Tommy Emmanuel, "Low Life" by Sure Sure, Sure Sure, then. There Goes My Heart by the Mavericks, specifically talking about Roel Malo, but he's good. He's not bad. He's good. No, not, no Malo. Uh, you Are Free by Lake Street Dive, and then I'm Torn Up by St. Paul and the Broken Bones. Just odd little coincidence there that those two bands ended up at the end and have a, a similar that, vibe. That, that is how it goes for us somehow. Yeah, it, it, it tends to work through that way. You're going to get you're gonna get more country uh, added to the mix from from Jacob, and we always like that, so we know he's going to go over there. And you know, I'm I'm going to find something weird and offbeat probably, but we're always going to end up back together somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> so we have our our, our different things, but uh, ultimately, the reason why we're still doing this after more 15 than a year. months, sixteen yeah. months, is as we just love music, and you do too, and we appreciate you very much listening to our newest selections from our recently added playlist. Anything else before you sign up before we sign well, off? Jacob? I, I just want to say that the people will most likely be listening to this episode later this same day, if they choose or by tomorrow, I will be making a post about it on our Facebook page. As we normally do, uh, let us know what new songs you've been listening to Absolutely. that you want us to know. May, leave a comment and tell us because you know, this is what it's all about. It's, it's not just about Led Zeppelin. You know, it's it's about who who else can we discover that we don't know. And that's so so much of why we do this, as you've already said. All right. So enjoy until we're uh, back in the studio again. I'm Josh. I'm Jacob. This has been somebody, somebody else's, else's favorite, favorite songs. songs.